Hey, this is Anna Robles. Hey, this is Darlene Hertz. Hey, this is Corinne. And if you want to learn the six and seven figure science to success, significantly increase your revenue and learn how to successfully build professional relationships, you should be listening to the Sell Without Selling podcast with my good friend, Stacey O'Byrne. If you're ready to get out of your own way to follow the seven figure science of success, then welcome to Sell Without Selling. Tune in with renowned international speaker Stacey O'Byrne as she shows you how mastering relationships, achieving the proper mindset, and attaining the necessary motivation will catapult you away from failure and onto your journey to greatness. And now, here is your host, Stacey O'Byrne. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Sell Without Selling. I'm your host, Stacey O'Byrne, and I believe that learning the art and the science of how to sell without selling is the only way to achieve high six and seven figure success. Today, I'm speaking with three really dear friends of mine, Darlene Hertz, Anna Robles, and Corinne Kivette. Today's show is a little different than every other show you've listened to so far. See, these three are the dynamic trio of the rest of our training equation. See, Darlene Hertz, Darlene Hertz was our first NLP trainer to join us on our company's mission to transform the world and empower business owners, entrepreneurs, and sales professionals. And Darlene does this out of the St. Louis, Missouri territory. And then Anna Robles and Corinne Kivette joined us at the same time. Anna helps us with our Los Angeles County, California area in transforming the world. And then Corinne Kivette, Corinne Kivette is stationed in my backyard where I grew up and kind of kicked a lot of sand and that's in San Diego, California. So today, like I said, this is different. This is three of our NLP trainers showing up to really make shift happen. And hey, I believe that learning the art and the science of how to sell without selling is the only way to achieve high six and seven figure success. I am so excited for you to hear today's conversation. And really quick, if you're a business owner, entrepreneur, sales professional, and you haven't hit the level of success that you've needed or wanted, or if you're stuck in needing a pivot in your business and your success, or you just want more, and you find your mindset getting in the way, you find the itty bitty shitty committees holding you back, you find yourself repeating the same mistakes over and over again, making money, losing money, making money, losing money, or possibly not even hitting the goals that you've always dreamed of, desired, and deserved. And if you're ready to make shift happen, if you're tired of being tired, if you're tired of not achieving everything that you've always wanted, and you truly believe that there is more out there, then I invite you to head over to pivotpointadvantage.com slash I want success. That's pivotpointadvantage.com slash I want success. And let's see if NLP, neurolinguistics programming, is a good fit in helping retrain your brain, reprogram you for a path of success and making shift happen. Okay, let's do this. Darlene, Corinne, Anna, welcome to the call. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us. Oh, no, I am so glad that you guys are here because, you know, this I've wanted to do this this 
this entire show for, for some time. And it's taken some coordinating to schedule the four of our schedules together. So what I'd really like to do is I'd really like to start with our listeners really getting to know who you are and how you've become doing what it is you have become doing, you know, being an NLP trainer takes a lot of work and I mean, complete transparency over 99% of the people who embark in becoming an neurolinguistics programming trainer never even train NLP because it really is a big production. It takes a lot. It takes a lot for people to really understand that success is easy. It takes a lot for people to really understand that shift can happen and that they're the common denominator in everything that exists that prevents it from happening. And, you know, you three have really kind of bellied up, raised your hand and dug deep to help us transform the world and make a big impact in a very big way. So I'd really like our listeners to get to know a little bit about you, who you are and what it is you do before we really dig into the meat of the show. And listeners, please understand there's gonna be a lot of meat in what they're delivering because each and every one of them have a different dynamic in life and in business. And each and every one of them have taken a different path to get here. And there's gonna be a lot of golden nuggets dropped through you getting to know them. So Darlene, since you were the first to raise your hand and take us all the way to the Midwest and help us expand our mission, let's start with you. What, what really got you into this journey? Well, what really got me into the journey was, um, you know, taking a step back and recognizing where I was in my life at the time that uh, I met you. Um, I was in a place where I constantly was saying to myself, there's got to be more, there's got to be more, there's got to be more. And then I'd say, why do I feel this way? Why do I feel this way? You know, and then I would shame myself, right? You've got a great husband, you've got a great family, you've got a great life, shame, shame, shame on you for wanting more. And so all of that was constantly, we call that the itty bitty shitty committee, right? Constantly firing off on me. And, um, and then to complicate things, or I guess probably the, the straw that broke the camel's back was that my son was going to Afghanistan for the first time. In walks a fear that I had never known and absolutely had no tools how to deal with it. And that's finally what got me to pick up the phone and call you many years ago. I don't know how many years ago. And, um, and I was still asking myself, you know, why, 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 which we know that's not the question now. And, um, and then always, always, always thinking that there's more. And uh, I didn't even know more of what, I just knew more. And so I started coaching with you and recognized that I remember saying to you one day, this has all happened so fast, all of the shifting, like it seemed like it was like merely weeks that I began refocusing and I found, um, and I borrowed actually from you the word hope, right? And then embraced it into my own self and then began the process of how did this happen so quickly? And you said, oh, I use um, NLP, Neuro Linguistics Programming, and I became intrigued and you invited me out for training and 
went through the training and came back to the Midwest and wasn't really sure what happened, but I knew something significant had happened. <laughs> and um, then decided that I wanted to know it all. And at some point recognized that I also remember having a conversation with you about what direction I was going to take in my life. We began um, planning my exit strategy from where I was and into, um, into what could be, answering that what is more. Mm -hmm. So just as a little background for the listeners, I was a religious education teacher. Um, I also was a religious education director. I was a Catholic school teacher. And I recognized that it all served me to that point in my life. And now the whole why and the whole what, and there's gotta be more, was that was a great foundation for me to then begin really stepping into who my authentic self is. Um, and that's kind of been my discovery ever since. And so once I decided that, you know, that I wanted to coach, I wanted to help people by doing for them what had been done for me, mm -hmm. right? Um, I went on a mission trip. I don't know if you remember this or not, but I went on a mission trip and I had three choices. I decided that I wanted to train NLP. I think I just kind of opened my mouth and it came out. So mm -hmm. then I felt like, okay. <laughs> mm -hmm. And um, I had three choices. And the choice that I chose was to um, join the transformation of the world with you, Stacy, and uh, begin setting up how to make that happen in the Midwest. And I... Um, I'm on fire about it. I love it. I absolutely know with 100% certainty that this is my destiny for the rest of my life. What could be better than that, right? Right. And, um, and I get to do that now. That's fantastic. So I, I really want you guys to understand that she just didn't wake up one day and quit her job. She, she put a lot of thought into creating an exit strategy and was really methodical about the successful transition. What I'd like to get into a little bit more in a little bit, and for our listeners, I want them to get to know our other two, and then we'll roll into some deep meat. So, so Anna, Anna, let's 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 tackle you next. So, what I know, right? What what an internal representation. So so let's talk about your journey. You know, when when I met you, when I met you, you were in a very particular place. And what, what transitioned you from doing what it is you, you were doing and where were you at through your journey that got you to where you're at today? So in all full transparency, one of the things that I've always wanted to do since I was in high school was be a psychologist. However, I also like numbers and I like people. So it was easy for me to go into the path of learning how to be, work in corporate America and learn about numbers work with people and train them. And so I put the psychology part in the back of my mind. However, there was always that little voice. I would say, there's more for you. There's, there's, you got to do other things. You want to help people. How do you do that? And because I would listen to that voice, it would take me on this different path. And that path would always be to succeed at whatever job I was at. You know, I was very successful in training um, 18 restaurants. Then I knew there was no growth. I moved on to into the fashion industry, was very successful there. And um, there was things that happened. And that led me to leave that, that, that employment. And when I left, I was not in a good place. I was suffering through depression. Uh, there was a lot of things going on. And I 
decided to become an entrepreneur right about that time because I needed something different. I wanted to help people. I just didn't know how. And I met Stacy one day because I wanted to learn how to network. And whatever she was talking about, all I kept saying, oh my gosh, that's me. That's me. Every The entire time that she was speaking, that's me. And I want more of that. I want what she has. So I enrolled in her success boot camp. I went to the boot camp, didn't know what I was doing. And I just know at the end of that boot camp, I wanted more. And I signed up. I was kind of a little bit hesitant, but I did it anyways. And it changed my life. Going through the classes, I got to not only see what it did for me, but to my and to my classmates, you know, their transformations. And so when we finished that the entire course, I knew that I wanted to go back to my or original thought, which was to help people through psychology. And NLP seemed to be what I was missing. So my goal is to, my mission in life is to help others, inspire others. It's not, it's a no brainer to be able to just join this movement of helping others become the best version of themselves. It has helped me get out of the depression that I was in. I have a successful business thanks to coaching with Stacy and all the learnings of NLP. And if I could just give a little bit back of what was given to me, that's my mission. I just want to help people and to help transform them by just having one conversation at a time. I love that. That's phenomenal. And it's really important for our listeners to know that neurolinguistics programming was derived by two doctors of psychology, and they used it to streamline their results working with their patients. Through time, the science has evolved and practitioners and master practitioners and trainers have all learned that, yeah, it does work in the therapeutic environment. It also works in a coaching environment. It also works in a training environment and a leadership environment, and a sales environment, and a relational environment. And then they realized anywhere where communication is necessary, anywhere where you show up is necessary, that the science and the study of how you're imprinted, how your brain works, how your emotions work, how your programming impacts how you show up, also impacts on the results that you get. And for that reason, it kind of didn't move away from or out of the therapeutic environment. It kind of started taking a parallel path. So they still use the science in therapy. However, the science is also used in business, in coaching, in leadership, in sales. And for that reason, we've learned to leverage what it is we know so that people operate at the most incredible level of excellence so that success not only becomes easy, it also becomes inevitable, which then leads us to definitely not last, Corinne Kivet. Share with us your journey. My journey to NLP happened after a really big shift in my life. Mm. So before NLP, I had been working corporate. And interesting enough, 
all of my family are business owners and entrepreneurs. So they told me to climb the corporate ladder to go for the security and the benefits. And now I can see that it was out of love, right? To go mm-hmm. for that security. And I had been doing what I was supposed to do. However, I was a lot of talk and no action. I wanted to run my own business. I talked about it a lot. However, stayed where I was. I mean, I was a certified financial planner. I was working Mm -hmm. at one of the top wealth management firms with a financial advisor in San Diego that is one of the top. I had every reason to stay. And slowly but surely, this feeling of just like what the other two ladies have been saying of there's something more, there's something different, there's something bigger had been gnawing at me for a while. Mm -hmm. And it got to the point where I finally listened. And I decided to be authentic to who I knew that I truly was. And I quit my career. I didn't have a backup plan. What I did know is that where I go, I follow. So I needed to get crystal clear on what was going on between my ears. I needed to know how I got to where I was, why I got to where I was, because I know that I'm the only one that gets in my own way. And I had heard that before. I'd even heard myself saying, I'm getting in my own way. I'm getting in my own way. Well, the question is, how do you get out of your own way? And I've invested in personal development. I've been listening to Jim Rohn since I was um, 12 years old, Earl Nightingale since I was 12. So I had been doing personal development work yet I kept coming up against this, how do I get out of my own way? And I ended up, like I said, tripping over NLP. I came to a success boot camp and listening to Stacy speak, you were speaking the same language as Jim Rohn, as Earl Nightingale, Les Brown. And I realized for me, this was the missing link. That if I adopted these tools in my life, I saw it as an opportunity to help me get out of my own own way. So that way it made sense that I could start creating the results that I really wanted for myself. Mm -hmm. So when I went into the training, did I know what neuro-linguistics programming was? No. Could I even pronounce it? No. I had no idea. Mm -hmm. Here's what I did know. I was with a group of people committed to their success and committed to changing their lives for what they truly, truly want and deserve and went through the training like I said, to get out of my own way. And as I started implementing the tools, I started to see shift in myself. I was looking at myself differently. I was feeling differently. Words would come out and I would say, who who is that person? Hmm. I started to become the person that I always saw myself being, yet I had been holding myself back. So once I went through the training, by no means did I think that I was gonna be a trainer. However, when you go through the training and realize the tools that I had, I needed to give them back to the world. Mm. So I wanted to align with your mission to transform the world. And now I'm here to empower the world. I think that when we're empowered and we're truly in charge of the results that we create, life changes, not only for yourself, for those around you, you begin to influence the room. And every single person listening to this has a purpose. They have a vision. They have something that they're here to fulfill on. And 
I want all of us to give them those tools so that way they can fulfill on it. I love that. You know, uh, we have some listeners that have been following the show for a while, and this may be a little bit of a repeat, and you may hear some things that, that you haven't heard from me yet. And then we've got some listeners that this may or be their, their first few experiences with the show. And I personally would like to answer that question because for me, it was, it was a journey of healing, a journey of recovering. You know, I, I was mentally, physically, and emotionally and sexually abused by my father growing up who was an alcoholic. And I mean, reality was he did the best he could with the tools he had at the time. And for me, I was very emotionally charged on proving him wrong because when I ran away from home to go live with my mother, I remember him telling me I would never be anything because I was leaving him and he was the successful one and my mother wasn't. So I remember everything I did, every decision I made was to prove him wrong, which is a very unhealthy charge to be driven by. And then I, I found myself very lost when I got out of high school. I didn't know who I was. I didn't know what I was. I didn't know where I was supposed to go or what I was supposed to do. And, uh, you know, to teach me a lesson, he had paid, he had, uh, spent my entire college fund. So I, I had a choice of working full-time and putting myself through college, which I attempted to do. And it was difficult living and living and growing up in San Diego. And, uh, and then one day I felt the need to run away and I ran away and I joined the military. And through, through my career as the military, I'll tell you, it, it was a very life-defining, human-defining moment for me because it taught me so much about me, so much about me. When you're put in positions to do things you've never done, when you're put in positions to see things you've never seen, when you're, when you're removed from everybody that knows you and everyone you know, and you're put in an environment where you have to very quickly trust people that you don't know. You start learning a lot about yourself and the quieter you are, the louder the itty bitty shitty committee gets when you haven't built a relationship with it that serves you. Well, through my journey in the military, when I exited, I had been diagnosed with PTSD, along with uh, several other things that really didn't serve me from an emotional state. And I was doing talk therapy through the VA. I was, I, I was engaged in a lot of things and I was spiraling downhill. I was becoming my father very quickly. I, uh, I would hide myself in a bottle. I would drink on a continual basis and then one day uh, I was at a sales training and I was bawling my eyes out. And why I'm learning how to negotiate and close and crying in the back of the room, I could not figure. And then we went on lunch and when we went on lunch, the sales trainer came up to me and he goes, you have PTSD, don't you? And I looked at him and I said, how the hell would you know that? And he goes, he goes, well, because I'm prior service. 
And he said, I'm going to introduce you to something that will be the biggest favor you ever do for yourself. And, you know, I had already had a coach at this point. I had already been immersed in professional and personal development at this point. I had never been impacted by the way somebody spoke like I was at this level. And, and please understand, Jim Rohn was life-changing for me. Brian Cherisey was life-changing for me. They were all life-changing. His language pierced my brain. And he wrote down a few names on a piece of paper and said, look into these. And I did. And I called them and they were NLP trainers and I immersed myself in their programs and my life started changing. And the reason why my life started changing was because I changed. I no longer had that negative push, that negative charge. I no longer had that, I'll show you dad, right? And then you know, I'm in corporate America. I'm climbing the ladder really quickly. I mean, I literally went from $6 an hour to six figures in 12 months. It was crazy. And when I'm in sales, I was given a $0 account base and I had it doing a million dollars in the first year, a year, and then a million dollars a month by year two. And everybody kept saying, what do you ever, I remember my manager pulled me aside and said, you don't have pupils, you have dollar signs in your eyes. And I never knew what she meant by that. What I found out later was she had to keep throwing money at me because word on the street was all the competition wanted me. And she knew that they were going to throw money at me. So I cost her a lot of money. So people kept asking me, what are you doing? What are you doing? It's like everything you touch turns to gold. I never, ever stopped to answer that question. See, Dwayne Dyer said, when you change the way you look at the world, the world around you changes. What that really means is when you look at something differently, speak with something differently, hear something differently, you're incapable of ever hearing it, seeing it, or thinking about it in the old way because that old way doesn't exist anymore. So when I was changing, everything around me was changing. Now, fast forward, I... I got laid off after 9-11 and I built a business and took it from bankruptcy to a multi-million dollar business. And then things happened there as our listeners may or may not know. And I found myself gainfully bankrupt. <laughs> you know, I had no money of the lifestyle of a millionaire and I was in a position where, what do I do? So I jumped into direct sales and started making 20 and $30,000 a month within two and a half, three months. Then I had lots of people coming up to me, like, like hundreds and thousands of people coming up to me going, what are you doing? And it made me step back and really answer that question. And it was like, oh, I know things most don't. I've done things most haven't. So I opened up my company, Pivot Point Advantage, and I started teaching sales from an NLP perspective, leadership from an NLP perspective, communication from an NLP perspective. And I launched it and I was making money hand over fist. It was, it, it just, it became so easy. It was like my bank account kept going higher and higher and higher. And for me, integrity is a core value for me. And I kept reaching out, seeing how people were, were doing and everyone was failing. And I'm like, wait, I'm teaching you everything I know I'm not. I'm not teaching you everything I know. See, for me, I was teaching you the external and something I learned a long time ago is if you ever want the external to work, you have to do 
the inner work, because as the three of these have all said in their own ways, where you go, you follow. So that's when I shifted how pivot point showed up and I started doing NLP trainings from the practitioner all the way through the master trainers level. And now we're also releasing all the other stuff because reality is we have educated you. You have to do the inner work before the outer will ever work. And if you choose to skip a step, you're going to choose to not get the results that you've always wanted because you are the common denominator of your successes and not. Which then leads me to, Anna, I'm curious, how has staying in your comfort zone impacted you? And how has getting out of your comfort zone impacted you? That's a great question, Stacy. Being in our comfort zone allows us to be comfortable and just not, not have the growth that we desire. Mm -hmm. uh, you turn around and everything stays the same. You, you mentioned something earlier, uh, the world changes when we started change. So being in that comfort zone, it's not changing the world around you. It's when we step out of that comfort zone or out of that metaphorically speaking little box, it's when we start to see the world differently and we start to change. So what has changed for me personally mm -hmm. is seeing the impact that we have. You know, when my students graduated from NLP and seeing how their life is changing and transforming. And I speak to them, you know, constantly, or they'll call me or just to touch bases, seeing how their life is transforming just because I decided to step out of my comfort zone to be able to help others and see the world differently for my own eyes. The success of helping others is pain. It's, it's really changing my being uncomfortable in the comfort zone, in my mm -hmm. uncomfortable zone in the past how is you staying in your comfort zone impacted you in the past up until recently it was um there was not enough growth mm. you know you i the, the insecurities were there allowing me to, to listen to that inner voice that stops you from that growth mm -hmm. so that was being comfortable with just being you know not growing my business not growing myself and not being able to talk to other people and change their lives. You know, it's just, you, it's that security blanket when, when you're comfortable. I love that. Thank you for that. So, so Corinne, how has, how has staying in your comfort zone impacted you? And how has getting out of it impacted you? Hmm. That is a phenomenal question. Staying in my comfort zone God, it's frustrating. Hmm. It really is. It's annoying. And you know what's scary? <laughs> you don't even know you're in it. Right. Right. I have recently shifted my perspective on what it's like to be quote unquote uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Because isn't that living? Isn't being uncomfortable really living? And when I shifted that, a lot started to shift. And, you know, when I stay in my comfort zone, that itty bitty shitty committee, it's mm -hmm. like the same 
dialogue over and over and over and over again. And sometimes I listen to it and I just act outside of it just because to stop it. Because when you start to do that, you start to gain your power. It, it almost doesn't even matter what the result is. If you're able to recognize that you're in your comfort zone and step outside of it, you have such a ripple effect on your life and on others. But back to your point, Stacey, like a lot of times we don't see it, which is why it's so crucial to be in environments where you have the mirror, you have the blind spot of, oh, I am in my comfort zone. So that way you can see it. Mm -hmm. and then shift out of it but the impact is frustration you know you get sick and tired of your own bs mm -hmm. really yeah bs is a lot of bo when it comes to sabotaging your success yeah. how has getting out of your comfort zone impacted you it's been huge i just had someone uh yesterday reflect back to me what getting out of my comfort zone has done for myself and someone else. I recently had a client who has gone through the training, went from extremely anxious, overwhelmed, overthinking, questioning everything that she did to now showing up, closing $18,000 deals, creating her own practice. Whoa. And it's a huge shift. And she wakes up excited to go talk to people when before she was full of anxiety. Like she gets excited for her business and that's new for her. And for me as the coach and trainer, I'm, I'm floored. Right. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, I had someone reflect back to me and say, you know, if you didn't follow your dream, would that have been possible? So the more that we can get out of our comfort zone, the more possibility that we create for ourselves and for other people. Nice. Um, before I pass it to Darlene, you know, for me, I remember reading a quote a long time ago, and, and I'm, I'm not going to be able to repeat it verbatim. Iron that sits in water gets rust. Iron that's used and sharpened serves. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for me, when I stayed in my comfort zone, it was kind of like just going through the motions. It was just existing. Mm -hmm. I, I really wasn't living. I really wasn't thriving. Now, by no means was I surviving. I, was, I, was, I wasn't in that position because I made a very comfortable six-figure income. For me, it was, I lived a life for me. You know, it was, it was just, it, it was just an existence. You know, I heard people talk about purpose. I heard people talk about passion. I heard people talk about legacy and I could never attach to it. The one thing I did know was the more I stayed in my comfort zone, the louder my itty bitty shitty committee got, the louder the voice in my head got, which I then later realized that the itty bitty shitty committee is the unconscious mind getting your conscious attention so that you would finally hear it because it has so much to say. You are born, you are programmed for success. Now, what happens is a bug, a corruption happened in that programming file 
through your imprint years, through your modeling years, and it just needs to be reprogrammed. And the louder the voice in your head gets, the less in the right direction you are heading. And I realized very, very quickly that when I stopped is when I moved the furthest, the fastest. And what I mean by that was I looked at what I wasn't doing. I looked at what I could be doing and I looked at what I should be doing. And that allowed me to shift from an internal focus to an external focus, which then allowed me to bring it all back internally. And what I mean by that was I always showed up before how to serve myself. Now I look at how can I serve you, which will serve your environment, which will ultimately come back and serve me. And then it's allowed me to play a very big game and take myself so far outside my comfort zone. I'm an international speaker that was diagnosed when I was little with a stuttering problem. And I was told I would never be able to hold a conversation without stuttering. You know, I've got a podcast that touches tens and tens of thousands of lives. I believe the number you know, for the year that we've been going has been about 400,000 downloads, give or take. And I have to share with you that someone else's projected reality no longer became my existence. Because for me, I understand that my unconscious mind operates off habit and it gets really comfortable doing that when I allow myself to stay uncomfortable. Success does not exist in your comfort zone. Success exists when you're uncomfortable. And when you get comfortable being uncomfortable, every second of every minute of every hour of every day, Lord knows I push my envelope. And that's the beautiful thing. I remember a drill sergeant telling me a long time ago, if you feel pain, be happy because it's your body and your mind telling you you're still alive. Well, when I feel that internal squirming, when I feel that uncomfortableness, I go and I go, I'm still alive. Not only that, I'm thriving. So Darlene, how about you? How has, how has staying in your comfort zone impacted you and how is getting out of it impacted? So staying in my uh, comfort zone, just listening to, to the three of you uh, share your story. Um, I stayed in my comfort zone for so very, very long um, that I would, I would tell you that it was just a lack of thriving in my life. Um, I think that when you're in your comfort zone, you're going through the motions of life. Um, for me, I believe that I lived the life that I perceived everyone wanted of me, you know, oh, you know, be a good wife, be a good daughter, be a good student, be a good teacher. All of those were things that I perceived people wanted from me. So I gave it to them. And that was very comfortable. It was very safe. I did what I perceived to be expected of me and life went on. And I also believe living in that comfort zone is what, um, 
is what started the, the intense chatter um, in my mind about there's got to be more, there has to be more. And then my comfort zone would say, you know, be happy with what you've got. And um, I never, I mean, I got into this much later than, than you guys did. And, um, and so I feel like I lived with that for a really long time, living what I perceived everybody's expectation of me. And then I could say, as long as I said that, that kept me comfortable, <laughs> right? That kept me in the zone. Mm -hmm. and, um, and now that is a place where I almost feel like when I get up in the morning, if my stomach doesn't go, Ooh, then um, I need to address that. You know, I'm, I'm back in that zone and, and I will say that it served me well because all of it always does as long as you're willing to learn from it. And it's just never a place that, that I want to be again. And interestingly enough, um, as I was listening to you guys, I think that where it showed up in my life first getting out of my comfort zone was um, I started doing massive amounts of exercise. I started doing all sorts of different things that I had never done before, you know, doing CrossFit, riding my bike for 60, 70, 80, 100 miles in a day. Um, that was always making me uncomfortable. And that was probably my first experience with really understanding, getting comfortable being uncomfortable. And then as I grew, um, I do remember a friend of mine saying to me when I said, I'm going to become an entrepreneur or I'm going to start my own business. The first thing he said was, well, get comfortable being uncomfortable. And I didn't know what that meant exactly, but I found out immediately. <laughs> 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 to me, that is what life is about, is figuring out who you are in that uncomfortableness, because that's when you do get to dig down deep, you get to reflect, you get to really um, become aware. Uh, for me, it's becoming aware that I'm aware mm -hmm. that there's so much more inside of me and that all of this has been in divine timing. Um, I didn't really believe that at first um, because I waited so long, but I now know that the timing was divine in all of this. So you keep saying that, uh, you know, when, when most people, when most people wind down in their careers, in their life, you just started a new career, a new business. So are you comfortable with sharing that journey with our listeners? Sure. Um, interestingly enough, I was just with an old group last night that reminded me of how happy I am that I made the shift. I remember somebody saying to me, um, well, you're just going through the uh, change of life. And this is what I say. You're right. I am going through the change of life, but not like you think, not like the medical world says that I'm going through the change of the life. I feel like I've been given all kinds of skills and talent and gifts that I am now called to use mm -hmm. to help transform the world. So you're right, I am going through a change of life. And as I, I even said um, this morning at, at a meeting, 
we were talking about how much I love my grandkids and Stacy, you know, all about how much I love those twins and yep. they just, they just beat my heart. And, and we were talking about that. And I said, and I will tell you as much as I love those girls, I don't want to be their full-time gatekeeper during the day. Mm-hmm. I, I know that I am called for so much more and, um, and it would be really easy, right? I mean, I am surrounded by people my age who have chosen to um, to retire, to be the full-time daycare provider for their grandchildren. And all of that is perfect for them. Um, but one thing I am absolutely certain about is not for me. Um, I think that sleeping is kind of for the dead. <laughs> <laughs> That's one way to look at it. <laughs> So, so, you know, when, when, when most are rolling into their retirement years, Durley woke up and said, nah, I'm going to change a career. I'm going to start a new business. I'm going to make shift happen and transform lives in the world. And uh, it's been a beautiful, beautiful gift to watch this journey with you. It really has been. So, so my next question for the four of us, and and I'm going to field it first is uh, what's been the number one key to success? So what's been your number one key to success? And, and for me, it's, it's kind of like a twofold parallel answer. So the overwhelming theme to that answer is I invest in myself. Because I learned a long time ago when people make buying decisions, they're not buying the product, service, or solution from you. They're buying you. And the only way people will ever invest in you is if you trust yourself not enough to invest in yourself. So for me, when I said this is going to take a parallel path, first and foremost, even when I knew financially the investment for a coach, well, I'm going to say couldn't or wouldn't work. I figured out a way to make it work. You know, when I had gotten out of the military, when I was making minimum wage and the coach told me how much it was going to be to invest in them, I was like, yeah, that's a week and a half, two weeks worth of my paychecks. How am I going to do that? And you noticed I didn't say I can't afford it. I said, how am I going to do it? And I figured it out. You know, when I, when I, lost my business when, when my ex-business partner showed up and, um, and did what he did. And I ended up in court and I ended up filing bankruptcy. I, uh, I was in a position where I couldn't afford to make that investment. And I figured out a way to make it happen. And you guys just heard me get really quiet and a little distracted. And it's because uh, a memory came up when I made that investment with my coach. Uh, she was phenomenal. She was exactly who and what I needed to get through that. And she just passed away the other day. So mm. as that memory was coming into me, so was the, the memory of getting the text that, that she had just passed. So hence the, the redirect in my thought. So for me, it was figuring out ways to invest in myself. You know, today I have coaches for every area in life. 
Now, when I said it takes a parallel path, the next path is I invest in trainings. You know, for me, uh, I've shared the story before. I sat in the audience where Jim Rohn said, you have to be investing 30% into yourself every year. And I do, you know, I do it from, uh, from a multitude of coaches. I do it from reading. I do it from uh, listening to audibles. I do it from home study courses and self-directed courses and digital downloads. I do it from live trainings. I do it from live virtual trainings because the one thing I do know is I am part of every one of my problems. And because I'm part of every one of my problems, I can't be part of every one of my solutions. And I sure the heck will never know my blind spots. So even though I do some of the self-directed home study courses, digital downloads, I know that I'm only capable of getting my perspective out of those. So I insert myself in environments where a trainer's gonna call BS on BS. And also there's gonna be a realm of multiple people in there that will help me see other perspectives. So for me, my number one key to success is I learned a long time ago, I can't ask people to invest in me if I'm not willing to invest in me. So I invest very, very heavily in myself. So Corinne, I'd like to pose that question to you. What's been your number one key to success? The number one key to success. There were two that came up. That's why I paused. So I'm thinking which one is number one. And to piggyback on what you just shared, definitely, definitely investing in myself, 100% hands down. And it's also embracing my courage. Let's go back to what you mentioned about investing in yourself. When I first decided to really invest in myself, like you, it was, I had the frame of, this is uncomfortable. I've never done this before. This is the biggest investment that I've made, right? The itty bitty shitty committee comes in. And it took me sitting back and having the courage to do something, even though I wasn't quote unquote ready, believing in myself that I would figure it out. Having that courage to go forward and even if it doesn't all make sense, I'll make sure that I'll figure it out and go after what it is that I want. Mm -hmm. A lot of times somebody had asked me about courage and I believe in courage stacking. You know, it's not all the time are we gonna be motivated and courageous to go take a leap to do this or that. However, I can guarantee that everyone in this room and everyone listening has gone through things in their life that have overcome challenges and have had the courage to Maybe it's stand up for themselves. Maybe it's stand up for someone else. Maybe it's invest in themselves. They've had the courage to do that. So when we're faced with the, I don't know, am I ready for this? I'm uncomfortable. Looking back on that courage and stacking it. So I'd say courage is my answer. I love that. I love that. Thank you. How about you, Darlene? I would, I would say that um, I remember the, the time that um, I had decided to come out there for NLP and I was going through my, um, we'll just call it my growth period. <laughs> and, we'll call it that. <laughs> and I was walking from my living room into my dining room. And I very distinctly remember 
that I was called to be whole and that, um, that that is what God would want of me is mm. to be whole. And I knew that I wasn't. I didn't know what that meant. I just knew that I was not whole and I deserved to be whole. Even to the point, and I don't know if I've ever even shared this with you, even to the point if that meant my marriage was no more, if that meant my kids were pissed off at me all the time, um, if nobody understood, at the end of the day, I deserved to be whole. So I would say that my number one key to success is letting it be about me, investing in myself in a way that it made me so uncomfortable. Mm. And I didn't realize that, that, you know, the financial investment was one thing, right? <laughs> but it was the investment in belief of myself and believing that I was worthy and believing that I was designed to be whole like I was at my birth, right? And I just, I remember very distinctly remembering if it means that I have lost everything here in Missouri, the end of the day, I deserve to be whole. And, and I would say that that would probably be the thing that has made me most successful is that the more whole I become, the more I have to give to help somebody else become that, right? And that's exactly part of, of what all four of us are about and everybody whose lives we touch is that they deserve that same thing. And that's really one of the springboards that I operate off of is, is I know that wholeness and we get to be that. Yeah, I love that. Thank you. Anna, how about you? As you posed that question, there was a memory that showed up in my conscious mind. And that's from one of the trainings that we, one of the NLP trainings, there was an exercise where our unconscious mind tells us positive things about ourselves. And one of the words that came up, because I'm bilingual, it actually came out in Spanish when I was working with the practitioner. And the word is valiente, which translates to being brave. And so being brave to actually put myself first, to give myself the ability to invest in me hmm. has allowed me to be the, be the success that I have now because of that bravery that I decided to, at that time, I was going through a lawsuit. I was going through a lot of things when I first started NLP, but being brave and being brave enough to invest in myself at that time has allowed me to have that success that I have now. I love that. I love that. So, so I'm curious, and, and, and this is for each of you, and, and I just want you to pipe in uh, wherever you think applicable. So why do you think the odds are stacked against independent sales professionals and business owners and entrepreneurs? Why do you think they fail? They get in their own way. Mm. They, um, they don't realize that they're repeating patterns that they have been gifted with yeah. um, from their past. And that doesn't allow them to ask for the sale. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You have anything to add, Emma? Yes. I would say the mindset. A lot of the times we don't spend or invest in that mindset. So we allow that little voice 
to take over and reality is when you're in sales you know you if you're not properly taught to believe in yourself it will show up in the type of business that you're returning back with mm-hmm. corinne anything to sprinkle in there yeah as you pose that question i an image of a car came up for me because i started to think what if we drove through life without mirrors mm-hmm. right what if we were driving without the mirrors reality is we all have blind spots So I think that entrepreneurs and business owners, the odds are stacked against them because they they don't have the mirror to see what's going on. So that way they can learn from it, shift it and evolve and transform and pivot. Mm -hmm. When those mirrors aren't there, you go through life doing what you've always done, expecting a different result. And that doesn't work. And I I think Einstein calls that something. The definition of insanity. <laughs> yeah. And even now we're to the point where we have on our cars, the indicator yep. to yep. let us know. So when entrepreneurs and business owners have the tools, resources, and environment to see their blind spots, in addition to the external, how to effectively sell, how to lead right? It's that internal world, like you mentioned in your story, Stacey, the internal world and the external. I see so many business owners and entrepreneurs focusing on the clothes, focusing on the strategies. What's the script? If you're incongruent with delivering that, we have a 13 foot radius. They can feel that energy. So it's all about the internal world. So it's the pairing of the two that is really powerful. No, I love that. I love that. So each and every one of us are involved in networking in a multitude of capacities, right? Um, I would love for each of you to share your number one top networking tip. So well, that, well I see two smiles. So, so who wants to go first? Anna, Darlene? Well, I would say that show up with the hardest service. Mm. Um, that is absolutely the number one. Even if you have to write it down and remind yourself, if you're in a, in a spot where that's not front of mind, show up in service. Otherwise it's going to look really, um, what, what would I say? Desperate, really desperate. Nice. I was actually going to say something very similar to Darlene show up in, in a space of service. I would like to add, show from a place of what's in it for them versus versus what's in it for you. Yeah. When you show up for what's in it for you, you're only asking for yourself. However, if you start talking to, to them and say, what can I help you with? What can I offer you? Who do I, who do you need to connect with? And you're showing up from what's in it for them. I love that. Corinne. I'd say get more curious about their business than them being curious about your business. The more that you can know the ins and outs of their business, how you can be of service, how you can show up, and also ask them questions, get clarity on how you can serve them. And then also at the same time, deliver clarity, right? They'll wanna know how they can be of service too. And we gotta be specific. So being able to get curious about their business and always come from a space of service. Mm, I love that. For me, you know, I've built multiple six and seven figure businesses, 100% network from networking and word of mouth marketing. 
And for me, I always fall back on my cart, C-A-R-T, congruency, authenticity, reciprocity, and transparency. I am a diehard introvert. And when I go there, I go there and I remember I'm there for everyone. You know, I, I'm very clear on what my asks are. I'm very clear on the specificities of my deliverable as to the purpose of me being there. And I'm also there in service. And as long as I maintain my congruency, authenticity, and transparency, so I show up as a cat, it will allow me to deliver reciprocity. And that's connect needs, wants, and desires with product services and solutions. And it's very, very important for you to always remember when you're delivering your commercials, you have to deliver it in a space of specificity because the human brain is incapable of taking action on ambiguity. And never assume that people understand who you are, what you do, and who you best serve. And we can't give people a laundry list of your asks. And then I'll leave you with that question. One of my favorite keynotes to deliver is, is your ask too small and is your butt too big? You know, do you, do you play small and do you deliver big excuses? So up your ask, get out of your way. So my welcome to the signature portion or the signature question of our show. Okay. So Corinne, what does selling without selling mean to you? Oh, that's a good question. Selling without selling means to me, it means discovering a need that maybe that person didn't even see was there. They didn't even know what was going on and providing a solution to them that they didn't even know was possible to that. exceed their expectations. Thank you. I love that. How about you, Anna? What is selling without selling mean to you? Providing value without you uh, pushing yourself. It's more about discovering what their needs are and just having a conversation that leads to them believing in that service that you have for them to, that you get to provide for them. Fantastic. And Darlene? It's, it's Anna and I are just cut from the same cloth. <laughs> I wrote down the word brave earlier as well. Mm -hmm. um, because it is all about being able to explain the value that you can bring to somebody's life and stepping into their map of reality and allowing them to see that the value that you have can impact them in such a positive way and then leaving it there, right? Um, I almost want to say, just zip it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's about meeting people where they're at to take them where they want to go. And, you know, there is a big, big difference between uh, selling and closing. There really is. I mean, selling, you're in constant negotiation and presentation mode. And it's about your product service and solution and you and less about them. Closing is about understanding the needs of wants and desires and the elements that are in need of them and moving them out of their way to get on their way to solve their needs, wants and desires with your product service and solution. And knowing without a shadow of a doubt, you're the best solution for their problem period. 
in my humble opinion, and the only way you can do that is to be clean and pristine and have the mindset to back your skill set because success is 90% mindset, 10% skill set. And if the itty bitty shitty committee is always projecting doubt and always holding you back, you're always going to be in your way. And if you're in your way, they can't get through to get into their way. So welcome to the random round. See, I believe that success leaves clues. And what I like to do is I like to ask very targeted questions so that we can extract golden nuggets from our expert guests. So I will start with you, Corinne. Corinne, what is your favorite word and why? My favorite word is courage. Courage, why? <laughs> because it, it instills this feeling of bravery, this feeling of I can do it. It shifts your perspective to, it seems like anything's possible. I love that, thank you. Darlene, how about you? Your favorite word and why? My favorite word is curiosity. Mm -hmm. Just absolutely without even hesitation. And I think that it's my favorite word because I honestly feel like in the world that I used to live in, that was kind of like a no-no word. Don't be curious, just do as I say, do as I you know, tell you and move forward. And whenever I got into NLP and you know, we ask our unconscious mind in a very curious way um, for something, I just, I can feel it internally going, woo, let's discover something. And I just, I love that. <laughs> I love that. Thank you. And Anna, how about you? My favorite word, it's amazing. Because I believe every single person is amazing. And just reminding everyone how amazing they are. It's an uplifting from whatever they're at. Just hearing someone say you're amazing, it'll uplift them. Mm. I love that. Thank you. You know, for me, my favorite word continually changes. And I do pick a word for the year. And then on a daily basis, my, my words may or may not shift. However, I have an overall theme for the year. And that theme is what drives me. It's what shakes me. It's what makes me. And for me, this year has been limitless possibilities. And yes, I know it's two words. But my theme for the year has been limitless possibilities because possibilities is a beautiful space to stand in. And the only person that limits your potential, your possibilities, your excellence is you. So if you allow yourself to stand in a space understanding that when we live in a world where anything's possible, it means we live in a world where anything's possible, which means that all the possibilities are limitless. So for me, that's my overall theme for the year. So I would have to say, because that's the beat, that, that's the drum I'm beating, that would be my favorite word for the year. Today, it's stickability. Because for today, you know, life happens. And because life happens, you know, so many people give up right before they achieve what it is they could have achieved. And if you exercise that stickability, 
and you allow yourself the fortitude to keep going, possibilities are limitless. So I say all that to say, I invite our listeners to make shift happen in your life. Believe in yourself so that others can believe in you. I hope you really got a lot out of today's episode. And I want to share with you that we have NLP trainings and we have success boot camps on a continual basis all over the nation. It doesn't matter where you're at, we can be there. It doesn't matter if a certain date doesn't work for you because we've got them scattered all over the calendar. It doesn't matter if money is an issue because we all offer interest repayment plans. So I invite you, if you're ready to make shift happen, to go on pivotpointadvantage.com and look at our training schedule because we're all over the calendar and we're all over the US. We've got the Midwest and the West covered and we're about ready to have the Northeast covered. So if you're really tired of excuses and yearning for results and you're ready to make shift happen, you're the only thing that's standing in the way. <laughs>